<laughs> that that intro is um, just as good as a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just gives me so much energy. Then sent me a message in the middle of that intro is like, we should definitely do a dance party <laughs> to our intro. And you can just see him just like, you know, <laughs> anybody it's, else. It just kind of makes you move. It like. does. You can't help yourself. And I really love the Caribbean feel in the middle of it because it feels warm to me. And if you know me at all, you know that I was not made for the winter any way. <laughs> yes, Anne-Marie, you made it. I loved your comment on, on Monday. Good to know that I made it for Vince to wish me a good week or whatever it was that you said. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. oh. yay. Whoppers <laughs> in the house. Uh, I, I got the link and I saw it dress. I was like, oh, Lord, lights, camera, action. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for, um, you know, making our, our name real. This is unedited life. (laughs) The hair and everything's unedited. See, we we use this, we use this as permission (laughs) to even sometimes be unprepared. It's Mm -hmm. fine. It's fine. Hello, Lisa, all the way from Connecticut. Oh, I wish I, oh, I do, I do, I do, I do. Ta-da! <laughs> this is my Connecticut mug, people. Thank you, Lisa. Anyway, that was my show and tell moment. <laughs> Vince, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, restoration of the land, restoring the land. Uh, you know, this this series of, of restoration that we're in has been absolutely incredible. And now we get to talk about um, what I think is, is one of the... F- our favorite subjects, the land. the land. We always love to take the land and, take and the, have, what are we going to do? Take the land. <laughs> are we going to do it? By force. <laughs> <laughs> we have our little chant that we like to run around and say, and we've been doing that since 2007, 2008 time. Your frame. guess is so. as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> A long time. So the story, we have to tell the story. Yes. We, we have actually, Vince and his wife, Tiffany, and my husband, John, and myself have been in, in ministry together for a lot of years. Um, and it all started off with youth group. People entrusted their children to us <laughs> at a very impressionable age. And um, and that was one of the first things that we did with them when we moved into a, a new building was we marched around the entire city block and that was our chant there was probably i don't know somewhere around 15 of us and we we were marching in the dark (laughs) around the entire block chanting what are we going to do they would respond take the land how are we going to do it by force or violently whichever so there you go there's the background on our crazy (laughs) it was a lot of fun though yeah Fantastic thing to do. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Your approval means everything. (laughs) Okay, maybe I had too much coffee. (laughs) I don't think that's a thing. Uh, Anyway, where should we kick this off at? Um, I don't know, towards the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've been been, uh, camping out in, in Deuteronomy this week. I know, fun place to be. And, um, 
And really, you know, it's a, it's a really good place to start when we're talking about the land because um, there is specific instruction that, that Moses hands down to, to Israel concerning God's plan to move into what was the promised land. And um, I, I think that what's most interesting to me is that, and maybe we should just read it. Let's just start in chapter six and then we'll kind of start breaking it down. Uh, six, verse one of Deuteronomy. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances, which Jehovah, your God has commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land into which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear Jehovah, your God and keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I am commanding you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. And that your days may be extended. So there's like this generational blessing happening happening there. Verse three, therefore hear, O Israel, and be certain to do it, that it may go well with you and that you may be greatly increased in a land flowing with milk and honey, even as Jehovah, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, Jehovah is our God, Jehovah is one, and you shall love Jehovah, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words, which I command you today, shall be upon your heart, and you shall repeat them to your children and speak about them when you sit in your house and when you journey on your way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them on your hand as a sign, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. I love that. And we could look at that as simply, you know, their their devotion or, or their routine, the things that they just did by habit. And but that there's more. There's so much more in this and something that I feel like God was revealing to me. And as a rule, when it comes to revelation, you got to take these things before the Lord yourself. This is just revelation that speaks to Angie personally, is, is that when God was preparing Israel to move into a new space, we know it is said that their time in the wilderness did not actually have to extend into 40 years, but he had to rid them of Egypt before they could move into the promised land. And, you know, what could have probably taken 40 days took 40 years. And, and mostly we know that, you know, an entire generation potentially died off (laughs) by that point. And so he's working with, 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 the freshness of a new people that only know the statutes of the Lord. Right. And what, what God was revealing to me is that the reason why it was so important, it's not because God's egotistical and he needs to know about himself on a regular basis, like every minute of every day, bless me. That's not, that's not the case. It's because he knows that moving them into a a fresh land that a land that was designed to give up the good on their behalf would read them, right? That the land would read Israel and what it is that they were bringing into the land. And he gets specific on like through, you know, six chapter six through like chapter nine, he gets very specific on what they can and cannot do. And, and so I think it's fascinating for us to be able to dig into this and go like, what's my land right now? 
Like, let's not just look at this as, as history. Let's look at history, but know how does that translate to me now? What land is he moving you into to take? And what's the land going to read when you get there? Is it going to be the statutes of the Lord? Or is it going to be residue from Egypt? Jump in. Oh, that's so good. So good. I, I love this, this section of scripture where he's just laying out um, their, their piece of partnership in this, in this thing. And it's simply to just be obedient. It really was that simple and, and, and be obedient to what God was commanded him. And he laid out that it would be uh, well with them and that they would multiply greatly if they were just simply to be obedient and, and listening to the, this, this blessing that he's talking about it when, when they're being commanded to do these certain things, it's just incredible to, to think about what God had in store for them and how it, it, it could have been a, a short trip. And, um, but it wasn't, they, they weren't obedient. And so there had to be a death that take, took place. And we have talked about dying to self around here and, and talking about uh, um, unedited life, <clears throat> excuse me, being a place for people to basically come and die and, mm -hmm. and die to uh, what God is, is removed from their lives or removing from their lives in order to step into freedom, which is what the Israelites were doing here. They were, mm -hmm. they were being brought out of, uh, slavery uh, out of, um, uh, are you going to read more of this? Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Okay. Uh, in verse 12, uh, it says that do not forget uh, the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. And, and I like that, that it says in the new American standard Bible that um, it's, it's the house of slavery that they were brought out of because he was bringing them out of one house and bringing them into a kingdom, into uh, his house, the, the, the royal castle, the royal residence. And, and that was their, their land, their inheritance that they were being given, but there had to be um, a death that took place to that slavery. Yeah, uh, I love that. The house of slavery, because that's what Egypt represented for them. And God had to drive Egypt out of each of them individually. I mean, mm. why we think that we don't need to make space for deliverance today is beyond me. I mean, I'm guilty of like not understanding deliverance, but I, now I find myself in the space of like aching for it, like come and drive Egypt out of me. So not not only do we need to identify the land that he's bringing us into, but, but what is, what's taking up residence in me that needs to be driven out and God, please don't let it take 40 years. Right. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. We, we need a swift deliverance, which means we do need, we need to die. We need to die to self. We need to remain on that altar as living sacrifices. And, and I love that you pointed to, you know, what, what it is that, that God has, has called us to. And he's, he's been so specific and blatant about it. It's like, I'm calling you a house of myrrh, which ultimately means, I mean, it's the, it's the anointing oil of death. And, um, and, and so, and then he, he has even given us vision of, of people coming in troves just to die. 
And, I, you know, in, in the middle of, of this understanding, like, God, on one hand, it, it feels like this great honor to be able to host a, a death like that, right? To be able to host spiritual poverty like that. And because we know the blessing on the backside of it, but at the same time, it's overwhelming. Like, God, please help us do this right. And have I, have I died correctly? You know, is there a correct way to die? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giggling, but at the same time, it's like, it's heavy. It's a heavy call to consider, you know, what, what does it mean to actually die to the point of being able to be moved into promise? Pepper, what do you have for us? Oh, I like how you talked about how, you know, those 40 years was enough time for a generation to die off. So God had fresh material, if you will, to work with. And I think of that classic uh, scripture that's in Chronicles that talks about um, if my people who are called by my name, um, it's Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. I'll just read it real quick. Mm. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Mm. And so um, speaking of death, and the death of the land and needing to be restored from that death. Um, I liken it to also needing a rebirth, you know, like Jesus told uh, Nicodemus, you know, you must be born again. And he's like, well, how, how can I re-enter my mother's womb and do this all over? But God was doing it all over. So he let all that other stuff die off so he could do it all over. But he said, you have to humble yourself and pray because prayer births things. And so you can't go through that narrow place after death of being that narrow womb of being rebirthed without prayer. I mean, prayer through the whole dying process, prayer <laughs> when you start crowning prayer, you know, yeah. and so it, that really made me think of the land needing to be rebirthed in a new way after that death. And yeah. so he said, what you need is humility and you need prayer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to get down prostrate before me. I imagine, you know, yeah. so, and then I'll hear from heaven and heal your land. Mm. My gosh. It, it's so, it's all, all of it is just, it's so humbling to even consider his willingness to partner with us at this level, you know, it's like, here we go, you know, put your, put your seatbelt on. Cause here we go. We're, we're moving into an, an unknown territory. And I don't know about any of you, but like, I like to know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why I don't like roller coasters because it's just, there's so many variables to me and, and, you know, the chicken exit is, enticing for me <laughs> because I, I don't know like how am I going to handle it when I'm at the the tippy top of that thing and we're done climbing and it's just a free fall from there and um yeah my husband's shouting things in the background he's like praying <laughs> that's a story <laughs> 
for another day. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I wanted, I want to go on in, in chapter six and read this because I think it's really interesting for us and important for us to hold the promises before us in, in the process of, you know, being moved through and being delivered of and to be able to possess a land. And this is what he says in verse 10. And when Jehovah, your God brings you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you great and fine cities that you did not build and houses full of every good thing that you did not fill and hewn cisterns that you did not hew vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant and you have eaten and are satisfied. Be careful that you do not forget Jehovah who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the slave house. And I I, I want to reiterate that because it's so important that we remember, because I think this is what we do. And this is what gets us into trouble. This is what gets us back into Egypt is when we start taking credit for things that we didn't do. That when, when we don't regard his hand in our lives, when we think, oh, well, look at me, you know, and I think that that's been the showmanship of the church of the last bit of time is and that this is how we've got into idolizing the it person in our, our churches. And, and I realize that that's really geared more toward our, our Western church is is creating the spotlight ministry mentality. And, and I really think that it, it is due to not regarding the hand of the Lord in our lives and, and allowing the, the praise to be directed toward the individual rather than who is worthy of it. I am not worthy of that level of praise. You don't ascribe worth to me because look at what he's done, right? That needs to be our redirect on a regular basis. Does it feel good to have our ego massaged? Yes, David. <laughs> Yes, which is why we need to have the continual reminder of the fragrance of myrrh. And yes, Anne-Marie, it was the anointing oil of death. And they, it was used actually with Jesus, the, the, the myrrh. And we can, we can even point to his birth and realize that when the, the Magi came, they came with frankincense and myrrh. And, and myrrh would have been a sign of the death to come. And um, wow. I don't know. Wow is all I have. And I think that it would be a good idea for, um, oh, geez, of course, Anne-Marie likes to be on the front of roller coasters. <laughs> um, so uh, we've talked a lot about the the word that, that God has given us for um 2023. And there is there is a portion in it that talks about land or territory. And it says this, I'm laying territory at your feet, a rolled up remnant for you to spread wide hang it out, beat the dust from it, cleanse it from its iniquitous history, expand wide, stake the Eastern border. You are my governmental ambassadors. You will find yourselves in spaces you have no experience and no credentials. However, I have found hearts that can host my zeal appropriately. A fiery crew that knows and banks on the inheritance of my government that will live on and on forevermore. In you, I have found hands to drop my legislation. Wrap your hands around my scrolls and take ownership. Great authority will consume you. 
I have called you to govern the fire. I have set my government upon you to steward with passion, truth, and trust. Great grace will accompany you as you go. You may feel unprepared, but you will never go alone. Boldness will host you all your days. I am remantling you and retraining you to establish my authority in the Americas. You will learn on the job. It's hands-on as you go training. Do not fret. I am your rear guard and I have certainly gone before you. Stretch out my territory as you go. You will know when to sow and when to harvest. You will know when to tear up and when to build. And, and this is this is the same the same idea as Moses releasing the word of the Lord to all of Israel. We need to rightly regard what it is that he's saying to us in these moments where it's like, could they have imagined what it was that was actually going to transpire in their lives? No, not rightly so. They had no idea. Of course, they can look at this and go like, um, you give us great and fine cities that you did not build. You fill our houses with every good thing. Of course, they can imagine what that's like. My goodness, they've been fed by the hand of the Lord for, for days yeah. on end. And when yeah. they grumbled about that, he killed birds for them. And, and so we can, we can, we can understand a little bit that they could, they could really imagine what it would be like to, to take over fine cities and to have their homes filled with really good things. But the same for us, when, when we read the words that he had spoken over our year, are we rightly regarding it? Or is there something in us that's twisting it because Egypt is still in there? I love what you read from that word. And it, we talked about partnership at the beginning. And I think it's important that when we're, we're listening to these words or we're receiving them is what is it that God says that he's doing? And, and you talked about regarding him and giving him the glory. And that's important because we can start to, to forget and take ownership of something that uh, take ownership of the glory for something that he said he was going to do. Yeah. And, and we shouldn't try to even un understand the action of what, of what that looks like because it's not ours to do. And, mm -hmm. and in that word, it talks about that you just read as it relates to the landscape, taking it and unrolling it, beating the dust out of it. That's, that's for us to do. So in, in the, the landscape that God's given you, what does that look like for you? What does it look like for you to unroll it, to, to beat the dust off of it, to, to understand what it looks like, what it feels like, um, uh, every aspect of it. And, and so I just wanted to make sure that we we really highlight the importance of, of the partnership in this and, and the fact that partnership comes together and, and the, the two parties each are bringing something. Right. And, and God is giving us what he's bringing and he is telling us uh, what it is that we should bring, what it is that we should do. And, and so it makes it pretty easy on us. Um, you know, we get to we get to decide some of the how. Sure. And, and we've talked about that uh, at length in the past as well, but um, partnership's very important to God. It's, it's uh, why he gave us free will. It, mm -hmm. It's not something that he just wants to um, just leave up to, to whatever, you know, it, it's, it's something that he's really uh, pulling us into. There's, there's relationship, there's intimacy there that's open for us to, to dive into in this partnership. And, and I absolutely love that. And, and I love how 
we are uh, commanded to not forget to. Yeah. Pepper. Partnership, boy. What what would that journey have looked like for Moses alone if they had partnered with Moses rather than leaning upon Moses for their Ooh. every need? You talk about bottle-fed babies. You know, right. ah, I need a diaper change. Wow, we need some quail in our bottle. Wow, we don't like this. <laughs> and so uh, in so many ways, the Western church has done that because they haven't taught us, and I include myself in that, how to rightly partnership and how to remember and pass all the stories down like Jesus said, you know, like it says in the Old Testament, teach it to your children um, and your children's children so that you continually remember. But because of what you mentioned, like that spotlight mentality, mm-hmm. you know, we've taught people to depend on a star prophet, a star preacher, a star megachurch. We haven't taught people. The first thing we do is we go to people instead of God first, you know. And I actually spoke with someone several years ago, and they actually thought that it was their pastor's responsibility to teach them the Bible. And that's partially true, but you know, an hour or two on Sunday, you you know, my goodness, you have a responsibility to get in the Word, break it open, and learn it. But because we've made the church such a bottle-fed entity, mm-hmm. people don't know how to do war. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of the reason why God left giants in the land for that next generation. So they'd have an opportunity to have this apprenticeship and learn how to do war. Mm-hmm. Talk about being in the dark and not knowing how to do deliverance and not knowing how to do that. Part of it is because we've been taught, you know, I'll get my bottle here Wednesday, Sunday. I don't have to remember God because my pastor, my preacher, my mentor will help me remember him. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we become fat, bottle fed, lazy, and we don't know how to do war. Mm -hmm. Because we think that these other people and these entities are to do war for us. But God said, I specifically left some giants in the land, some leftovers for them. (laughs) So they learned how to do the same kind of war, you know, right? forefathers had to do. Yes, for their benefit. For their benefit. And I think that that's what we miss is that we, we think somehow that, that that it's punishment, but it was for the benefit of the people yes. that he left giants in the land. Yes. And, and I think that, and Vince and I were talking about this a little bit before we got on here, is that, yes, Leanne, the church in America has become fat. That That is no lie. Um but that that we think that you know God delivered them out of Egypt and and that somehow that's the end of the story. We don't look at that as a, a training moment that that God was training them for what was to come. We we think that and and this is you can see it if you look back just even over the last year of your life. We we think from okay, I'm in this battle. It's going to be okay. Cause I just, if I can just get over that, then ah, it's over. <laughs> but that's not the case mm-hmm. there. We, we are a battle ready people for a reason. 
Egypt was training ground for them. And and had they kept the same mentality that it took in those last days to be able to overcome all the things going on, talk about crazy. I mean, there was a lot going on. It was sheer chaos in every sense. And, And we know that they were protected. You know, it, it, that's what that's what Goshen is about. They were protected from all of the the pestilences and the diseases that that was brought down on Egypt, and that was to go with them. Had they remained a battle ready people, but they didn't. They let their guard down, and they began to complain. Nothing will take your armor away from you quicker than your complaining spirit. Mm-hmm. That's what they're that's what they were made to do is to, to move through the wilderness into the promised land. And, and we know full well that that's not what happened. They camped in their initial deliverance. And so I know we're talking about deliverance a little bit here because it's necessary, but we need to make sure that we're not camping out in the space of deliverance. Oh, this feels good. Now I don't have Egypt to buy back, right? Now I'm not having to, you know, I'm not no longer enslaved to a people group, but they were still slaves in their minds. And so we need to make sure that that our deliverance moments aren't invitations to set up camp and, mm-hmm. and you know sing kumbaya the lord is here keep moving yeah that that's why when we talk about pace and cadence there is no uh pace or cadence that is stationary yes if if the lord's saying keep pace uh <clears throat> excuse me in that in the the word for 2023 and, and govern that fire then there is no, there is no time to sit and, and stay stationary. We've got to keep moving and, and looking for where it is that, that God is leading us to. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, I, there's this picture in my head and it's absolutely ridiculous, but I think that we need to see this is that, you know, it, it, just like, you know, you were saying Pepper, that, that all of Israel is looking to Moses as, you know, the one, you know, mm-hmm. they're, and they're allowing him to take the place of what God was to be for them. And, and the picture that God gave me while you were talking was it, it's an IV hookup. We have allowed ourselves to, to be hooked up to the it person and, and putting the responsibility on them to be our sustenance, that, that we would just have the, the drip, right? The drip. And I don't want the drip. <laughs> I want the rivers. Yes. Rivers of life flow from the throne into me and through my belly. I don't want the drip. Give me the rivers wash over me you know can we be That's people good. that want the rivers and mm-hmm. not content to just have the drip mm-hmm. <laughs> yes that's good me. yeah well you you talked earlier you know uh at the very beginning hey this is revelation that's coming to angie you need to take this into your own time of prayer and, and i feel like that is what is uh the person who is up there teaching on on a sunday morning that's their job is not to be the one who is feeding you, but to be the one that is challenging you with something that you have to take into your time of prayer, to your, your, your time of intimacy with Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, you're just going to be left with questions and no answers. Mm-hmm. And, and then you want to come back to this person and ask them the questions. And that's, 
not always their job to answer those for you. Right. And, and so I, I love that challenge is, is what you're going to find um, when you you're listening to us. And that's, mm-hmm. I hope you're all taking all of this in and, and going to uh, capture all these thoughts and interrogate them with Holy spirit. Ooh, interrogate mm. them with Holy Spirit. All right. <laughs> I love that. Um, Jeff is saying on here, drown. And and Jeff had a vision on Sunday morning during worship, I believe. And um, and, and it had everything to do with, with the glory that, that God was wanting to release a level of glory where we had no choice but to drown in it. And, and that's, that's the, that's the death part that we're talking about where we would stop trying to make things happen in, in our own power, because the truth is we, we don't, we don't want that. We might think for a moment that, that we want that, that we want to put our hand to the plow and make the thing happen. But that's not actually what we want. We need to get down deeper into our desires. Those are surface level desires that are attached to our ego, right? I did this. We need to be at a level where everything in us is saying he did this, right? Mm -hmm. Give me that kind of glory to drown in, Lord. Surround me by that level of glory. Mm -hmm. And and here's the deal. If we stay in the surface space where our our ego is really wrapped up in it and and, and we're we're massaging our ego, look what I did, and and constantly putting that on display. Look at me, look at me. Um, That's where people die. Right. We, we know that the reason that, that Moses could withstand that level of glory is because he was intimate with the Lord and he knew full well it wasn't me because I was a man who stuttered. But look at the exploits that he did through me. We need the picture of the rivers flowing from his throne through us. That is just a coursing through us. Nothing that I did except for maybe yield. And, and and then we know that on Israel's end, people died. People died physical deaths in that level of glory. So we have to allow him to carve out space deeper in us to where we can point and say, no, it, it was him. He, he brought me to this place. He filled my house with good things. He brought me into lush places. He made me lie down in green pastures. Mm-hmm. He brought me past the, the blissful brooks, right? It's it's him. He brought me through the, sh- the shadow of the valley of death, right? It, it's him. He did it. It wasn't me. I didn't want to keep walking, but he did it. He taught me to praise in the middle of horrifying scenarios. He did it. Uh, yeah. He brought us out of, of bondage to sin and and the the resulting death out of that through the cross. He brought us into freedom out of that house of slavery mm. into life. I, I, I can't get enough of that. I could listen to that all day. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what you got, Pepper? Um, Pepper is Pepper. Uh, <laughs> that scripture in Haggai where it says, consider your ways, Yes, you know, and I think sometimes we have to often, I think more often than we do, because we think, well, God's given me truth. I have truth. I don't have to consider this, but we do have to consider our ways. We have to consider what we think, what we believe and why we believe it. 
Yeah. And the reason I say that is because when you guys were talking about camping out in Egypt, my mind went to how the scripture said in the last days that people would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines mm-hmm. of demons. And so why, why, I mean, whatever you believe or want to believe, you don't have to, you can just throw a stick and hit something that you can come in line with, whether your beliefs are false or true. You can find something that will tell you or help you camp out in Egypt or whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I was thinking about um, a, a person that I knew that decided that there was no hell and there was no devil And not only was I shocked, but I thought to myself, well, then why, why I talked about this on my life. Why is he teaching my hands to war and my fingers to fight? And why is he telling me to put all all this armor? Is it just for show, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And, And so I think that's an example of wanting to just camp out with the leeks and the onions and have all my needs met because, you know, I'm not dying to go to war either. Vince, you weren't dying to go to war, but you knew when you signed on that you had to prepare for war at any moment. You know, they didn't sign you up and say, well, we're going to teach you how to be a soldier and wear the uniform, but you'll never really have to do that stuff, <laughs> you know. But we create doctrines, and if we don't create doctrines, we create belief systems in our own mind that become strongholds that tell us, you know, you're not going to have to use this stuff. That's old Testament that, that that's literal, you know, but uh, now we're in a spiritual battle. (laughs) And so we can't afford to camp out. And like you were saying, Angie, it's positive. It's taking us somewhere. It's under something. It's retraining us for the new so that we can move in, to more of the lushness of the land that God has for us. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So good. And um, I, I think probably a good, a good space to, to, to stick the landing because it, it's just, and I love Maria. Thank you. Um, I, I love this scripture. I want to read it because uh, Maria just threw it up in, in the comments. Isaiah 54, 11, you suffering comfortless storm ravaged city. I will rebuild your city with precious stones. I will reset your foundations with sapphires. I mean, the amount of promises that that are um, attached to the land is is definitely, you know, a sign for us to be looking and, and asking what is attached to my land. And, and, and Vince and I were talking the other day about this. It's like, we equate the, the talk about the land to like specific land. Like I'm going to go into Ireland and take the land kind of thing. And, and, and I don't think that that, that is it, but that is not all of it. I, I think that, that the land is, is anywhere at any new assignment that he's taking you into. I mean, God has us in a salon right now, which makes very little sense to me. 
but God is doing something and I, I can feel it. I, I know that, that he's called us there and it is a land. It is a territory that he has rolled up and set at our feet. And he wants us to beat the iniquitous history out of the thing. And, and it is, it is on a regular basis. It's on a daily basis that we are having to contend with the things that occupy the, that land, that industry. And so it's not just, you know, a salon that's sitting on a single corner in Junction City, Kansas. It's the industry that he is wanting to redeem because he's interested in beauty, right? He is a God that is interested in beauty. He is not satisfied with things that, that are just, eh, it looks all right. It'll pass. I mean, we can easily point to the story of Esther and realize he's he's a God that is interested in beauty. I mean, 12 months worth of beauty treatments, day in, day out. And 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 just to, to really bring a full understanding here, the first six months of Esther's uh, beauty treatments was in the anointing oil of myrrh. So if you think for one second that dying to self is not important, that you can just bypass that somehow, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just entering yourself into a more harsher reality of Egypt by doing that. We have to pass, pass through death to get into the fullness of life. It is just our reality. Yeah. Any last words, guys? Oh, my last, my last thought was, um, just a question is, is what land has God given you to, to unroll and beat the dust off and, and beat the iniquitous history out of? Mm, great question. Yeah. And guys, like we want to partner, we want to partner with you. We, okay. Here's the, here's the deal. This is what I'm going to say. And I'll say it over and over and over until you really believe me. We are not an organization that is an us and them mentality. Uh, we, we, we want to see, all, all denominational walls brought low. We want to partner. We want to reach across the, the lines. We want to blur the darn lines and, and we want to partner with you. I don't care what organization you're a part of. We want to, we want to partner with you. And I say all that to say, put it in the comments, put, put the, the response to Vince's question in the comments. What is your land? Identify your land and also don't stop short there. Identify your Egypt. So with that, Pepper, did you have anything you wanted to add quickly? Yeah, I just wanted to add real quickly. <laughs> I think it's I think it's hilarious and neat and cool at the same time that you guys are in the spa. <laughs> you know, because um, Angie, you'll be familiar with this lady. I'm not familiar with her, but I was watching her talk about release her word of the Lord for 2023, and she said it's a year of horsepower. Yeah. Of having to, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine kind of be like the ox too, along with that. Horse right. part. But one of the things that stuck out, she was saying that stuff of stay in your lane is over. There's no more stay. Yes. And haven't we all stayed here? You know, I specialize in deliverance. Well, I specialize in prophecy. I specialize in intercession. I special, you know, but um, there, that stay in your lane, you know, my, 
beloved deceased aunt taught me years ago, being the boss just means when nobody else does it or nobody else shows up, you do it. Right. <laughs> you just learn how to do it. Does it matter? It's not my job title. It's not my specialty. And that's why he did say, become a healer ministry, become a raise the dead ministry, become a cast out demons. He said, he, he gave us all the same mandate. He said, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. <laughs> so that that that's what I see. Yeah, I, I put I put her name in in the comments. You guys, you want to go and listen to her word for 2023 because it is oh, yeah. it's really really good and it's powerful mm -hmm. and um and whoo you want to be challenged by it. It's Dr. Faith Wakama. I think that's how you say her last name. But um, and that is the name of her page, too. So I'm um, sorry, I don't have the link handy, but that there's her name. <laughs> so, OK, we are going to wrap this up. You guys, Pepper and I are going to tag team on Sunday morning to talk more about restoring the land where the, you can consider it a part two if you want to. But tune in Sunday morning. We typically go live around 11. It just depends. You know, if you're upset about that, take it up with Holy Spirit. I can't. I <laughs> I can't control worship. I, I, I have no say <laughs> in how long uh, worship takes. So um, we the teaching will be on the backside of worship. Thank you for tuning in this morning and being part of our conversation. We appreciate you guys. And we bless you with the blessings of the Lord. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.